the game is done. David, you are my favorite Dodger insider. Time for Dodger talk. If you ready for the brand new thing, let me hear you. We break down all the action and give you your chance to react. David Vassay is going to join us. LA's favorite son. 866-987-2570. We are rolling, boy, rolling. It's time for Dodgers baseball. All right. Dodger Nation. Dodger Talk is brought to you by Chef Marito. Seasoning partner of the Dodgers. By Navian Tankless Water Heaters. For endless hot water, visit TanklessMadeSimple.com. And by Chevrolet. By New Roads. And now your host for Dodger Talk. David Vesey. We are live at Chase Field where the Dodgers magic number is at one after a 6 nothing shutout win over the Arizona Diamondbacks. Welcome to Dodger Talk. David Vassay with you until the bottom of the hour at 866-987-2570. Back with you on Dodger Talk. Happy to be back after three great days on Sportsnet LA. Jose Moda will join us in about 15 minutes. We'll get into how the Dodger bullpen is going to look in October. Also, you will hear about Tony Gonsolin, and the reviews are mixed. We'll get to all that in just a moment, but tonight's game was an indication and a microcosm of the Dodgers' season, how good they have been and how locked in and focused and the urgency that they continue to play with as they win their 97th game of the season. Great news for the Dodgers. Cody Bellinger starting to uh, maybe come around. I'm not going to jump the gun here, but certainly... Uh, Great to see him have back-to-back two-hit games, and he came up in a big spot in the seventh inning with two on and one out to deliver a goal, well, to add on to the Dodgers' lead, which was one nothing at the time, thanks to a Trace Thompson sacrifice fly, a batter before Bellinger. But to see Cody come through in that situation with runners in scoring position to drive the ball against a right-handed pitcher, that's what he's supposed to do. And he had two hits yesterday. Maybe he has started to find something. Now, the one thing with Cody, he always seems to be tinkering with his swing hopefully he could stick with this process and stick with whatever he believes is going to help him contribute not even be the MVP he's got to find a way to contribute the way he has the last two games and look he knows October is right around the corner and Cody last year found a way to deliver in October so for me uh, what we saw tonight was encouraging and he also had a single in the ninth inning so He's not giving away any at-bats, no matter what the situation is. And I was a little concerned when he he walked into the batter's box. He, again, was worried about his hands, about his hitting mechanics when he stepped into the box. And I was thinking, oh, man, this is not going to end well because he is so concerned with his mechanics instead of just trying to compete and hit the pitch. Well, I was wrong. He swung at the first pitch, he was aggressive, and he drove the baseball. So that was really good to see. And as I told you earlier in the season, not to give up on Max Muncy, I'll say the same thing when it comes to Cody Bellinger and Chris Taylor. These guys know what it takes to win in October. They have been world champions with the Dodgers. They have been National League champions with the Dodgers. They know how to play in October. And last year, Taylor and Bellinger were the two best hitters along with Mookie Betts 
in the month of October for the Dodgers. So that was a big one for for Cody last year in October, and hopefully this is a trend that continues through October for the Dodgers and Cody Bellinger. And look, I told you, in the middle of the summer, lower your expectations. Recalibrate your expectations for Cody Bellinger. He's not the MVP from 2019. He's just not. Uh, Those six weeks in 2019 were uh, out of this world, even by Cody standards. What you can expect from him is a 240 hitter with an OPS somewhere in the 700s, and that's those are realistic expectations for Bellinger. Now, Mookie Betts, I know everybody has their heart set on Paul Goldschmidt for the MVP, but it's hard for me not to include Freddie Freeman and Mookie Betts in that conversation. Mookie's just one home run behind Goldschmidt now. Goldschmidt's not even leading in every triple crown category now. Goldschmidt plays a position... First base, I'm not going to say it's not a demanding position because it is demanding physically. You're there uh, engaged in almost every play. But Mookie Betts has played gold glove right field. He comes in and plays second base the way he did tonight, helps turn three double plays, makes a great play in the third inning on a shovel pass from his glove to Freddie Freeman to rob Alec Thomas. Uh, coming off playing great second base at Dodger Stadium and doing a lateral shovel pass to Trey Turner for a double play combination, Mookie Betts leads the National League's in Na- National League in runs. He has 34 home runs, a career high. He's going to drive in 100 runs. He's the catalyst of this Dodger offense, and he is so explosive. Now, Freddie Freeman to me, has been the most consistent Dodger all season long. There's a reason why he's hitting over 330. There's a reason why he leads Major League Baseball in hits. He has been Mr. Consistent all season long. So for me, I know everybody loves the Cardinals and everybody is falling in love with Paul Goldschmidt, but for me, I could see a scenario where Mookie Betts and Freddie Freeman were the co-National League MVPs. And that's not being a homer. That's being real. Uh, Goldschmidt has had a great year. No doubt about If he won the MVP, would I scream from the highest mountaintop? No. But Mookie Betts and Freddie Freeman's name should be in that conversation more than it has been. 866-987-2570 is the phone number. Before we get to your phone calls, let's head downstairs to the manager's office. That's where Dave Roberts is. You know, I, I didn't think he had his best stuff tonight, to be quite honest. I, I thought uh, the first uh, four innings, I just thought it was just okay. I don't think he had his changeup. Um, just missing with the fastball, the cutter. Um, but it just kind of shows his compete and, and his will. Um, he made pitches when he needed to, got ground balls, fielded this position, got outs, um, still efficient. And then I thought from that uh, fifth inning on, I, I thought things really started to come together, and then it was pretty easy for him. Um, third time through, the changeup came to life, and then uh, just was outstanding. Cody Bellinger, two hits uh, yesterday, two more today. What are you seeing from him at the plate? I think there's, uh, there's some confidence starting to brew. Um, I think he's really competing, and uh, yesterday to find a way to, you know, get that last infield hit to kind of have a two-hit day, and today I thought he swung the bat well, 
um, really good compete. So uh, I think we're we're uh, on the right track right now. How's it feel to punch a playoff spot two days in a row? Yeah, I don't know if that's ever been done before, but it feels good. Yeah. Make it three clinchers in a row tomorrow, you know. Yeah, there you go. Uh, yeah, we got to take care of our own thing and we'll see what happens. Or I guess we, if we take care of business, right? Yeah, so that's the plan. Probably a little bit bigger celebration if that's the case tomorrow. I think so, yeah. I mean, getting a, getting a, an opportunity to go to the postseason is one thing, but the first goal was to uh, win the division. So I think that's certainly call it cause for celebration. All right, there's manager Dave Roberts, and yes, with a Dodger win tomorrow night, no matter what the Padres do, by the way, they're in Seattle tomorrow night, the Dodgers will reclaim the NL West and make it 9 out of 10 years winning this division, and it all started with the first one in 2013 right here at Chase Field. Who could forget a group of Dodgers going swimming in right field, and we'll see whether or not uh, the Dodgers decide to go swimming tomorrow night after or if they clinch the division. Uh, chances are they should take care of business considering how many times they have beat up on the Diamondbacks this season. They have really owned Arizona this year, including tonight. They, uh, Like I mentioned earlier, they have won 34 of 41 games since 2020 against Arizona, and this season alone they have won 10 of the first 12 meetings. So chances are the Dodgers will clinch the NL West tomorrow night, and how special is it that it turns out that Clayton Kershaw will start tomorrow night's game with the chance to reclaim the NL West. Should the Dodgers go swimming tomorrow night? Would you like to see that? 866-987-2570. Let's go out to San Diego. Rex, you're on Dodger Talk with David Vassay. Hi, Rex. Hey, David, break out your pool toys. We're going swimming. Hey, You want to um, see that, huh, Rex? You want to see the Dodgers go swimming tomorrow night? Just to... Yeah, you know, I've got all these Padres fans up in my grill down here, too. But I have a two-quick part, uh, two, a quick two-part question. Isn't this the best Dodger lineup in, say, the last 10 years? Shouldn't they go all the way? And, and second part is, if they do, what role will Kershaw play, and will he retire if they do go all the way? Thanks, David. That's my questions. All right, Rex, thanks for the phone call. Well, Kershaw has not given me any indication that he's not going to pitch next year. Uh, He always, at this point now, is going to assess physically how his body feels. And he told me today, when I saw him at Starbucks, he feels really good physically. So that's a good sign. If he feels good enough physically, I think he keeps going. I don't think he walks out with with a championship. I think he continues to pitch. And it's just a question of will it be with the Dodgers or will he take it closer to home? I would find it hard to believe that Kershaw would ever pitch in a different uniform. He had that opportunity this past offseason. My understanding is the Rangers threw a lot of cash at him for more years than just one, and he chose to come back to the Dodgers because how good he saw they could be. And all of that has come to fruition. They have the best record in baseball. They have a real chance to win the World Series. Is it going to be easy? Not at all. They've got to go through Atlanta and the Mets. Don't forget, the Braves are still the defending World Series champions. So until somebody beats them, they're still the champs. 
and the Dodgers may have the best record in baseball, but they still have to go through the defending World Series champs. And I have said from the beginning that the Braves are going to win the NL East, so there's a good chance the Dodgers will face the Mets in the first round. Now, your question about is this the best Dodger lineup I've seen the last 10 years? I I would say the reason it is is because of the first three hitters, Mookie Betts, Trey Turner, and Freddie Freeman. The Dodgers have never had a trio that good or this good in 10 years while they've won at at this pace. They just never have had three players at the top of their order that are this good. And then you could add in Will Smith as their cleanup hitter. Uh, He's pretty darn good himself, the best hitting catcher in baseball. So for those reasons, I would say yes, this is the best Dodger lineup. Maybe not as deep, but certainly those first three and four players make it a Make it really tough to pitch around this lineup. Let's go out to Dane in San Diego. A lot of caller, a lot of Dodger fans in San Diego. How you doing, Dane? I am doing great. How you doing? Great. What do you got? Uh, you know what? I was I I cannot agree more with what you're saying with the the Dodgers lineup. I cannot be happier with Gavin Lux. Well, Mr. Lux, you know he's he's showing a bad a bad uh, you know bad discipline and and you know bringing. Yeah, when Lux, uh, you cut out there, Dane, uh, you're right about Gavin Lux. When he's in the Dodger lineup, it's even that much deeper. I think we all forget about the season Gavin Lux is having, a 290 hitter, an OPS of almost 800, and for the most part, he's played okay second base, but he's been such a good nine hitter for the Dodgers that they actually moved him up in the order. So when he returns and he's going to be back for the playoffs, um, it's gonna be it's gonna be that much deeper. And if Cody Bellinger can come up with timely hits like he did tonight, it's gonna be that much deeper. So can't say enough about the factor of Cody Bellinger, Chris Taylor, and with Gavin Lux, certainly a, a really dangerous lineup that wears the opposing pitchers down. <laughs> there is nowhere to breathe, even with Bellinger and Taylor right now. The opposing pitcher knows that they are dangerous. If they make a mistake, they are going to make you pay. So there is nowhere to come up for air in this lineup, and that's what makes it so uh, so dangerous and tough to get through. I think we all take for granted how good uh, the Dodgers are. 866-987-2570 is the phone number. Uh, we're going to take a timeout when we come back. Jose Moto will join us, and we'll take more of your phone calls. Plus, we'll give you an update on Tony Gonsolin. The Dodgers' magic number to clinch the NL West is at 1 after they shut out the Diamondbacks 6 to nothing on AM570 LA Sports. AM570. Dodger Talk is available on AM570LASports.com and on the iHeartRadio app. Back to more Dodger Talk with Dodger Insider David Vasse. On a pace to win 112. And there's a shot to left. It's way back there, and it is gone! A home run! A three-run home run for Mookie Betts, his 34th of the year. He now has 77 runs batted in, and the Dodgers now lead it 6 to nothing. 
Two on, two out in the ninth inning. Dodgers were leading 3 nothing, and Mookie Betts doesn't concede anything, doesn't give away in at bat. He wants his, and he added to his career best home run total. He now has 34 on the season, and the Dodgers shut out the Diamondbacks 6 to nothing. David Vasse live at Chase Field. This is Dodger Talk, 866-987-2570. We would like to congratulate Eileen List from La Quinta, who is our Daniels Jewelers home run forecast winner. Eileen receives a $50 Daniels Jewelers gift card for correctly predicting the number of home runs in tonight's game. For your chance to win a $50 gift card, good at over 100 Daniels locations, go to am570lasports.com. Keyword home run. We'll get back to your phone calls in just a moment, but we're joined right now by our man who has joined us all season long, Jose Moda, who is here in Phoenix with the Dodgers. And Jose, the magic number is at one. Do you think the Dodgers go swimming tomorrow night? It's a very good chance that that happens again now. Um, if it's the referral to swimming and winning, yes. We're referral to uh, <laughs> swimming and the patrol being out there. I think the patrol is going to be out there heavily tomorrow. <laughs> Oh, yeah? You think there's going to be the blockade out there tomorrow night? Oh, oh, I better believe it. Oh, yes. I already heard the murmurs today. They don't want to see what happened there a couple of years ago. It happened again. Hey, Dave, okay. by the way, um, about talking about all season long, a outstanding job on the television side, really. Outstanding job. Hey, thank you, Jose. You've done it, so that means a lot. I appreciate that. Uh, Great. Tonight. Another great job by Tyler Anderson, seven scoreless innings, and he didn't even use his changeup as much as his fastball tonight. Well, somebody knows how to pitch, and somebody understands that as the word gets around about your arsenal and how you were able to work through a lineup one time, two times, and three times, well, you got to go out there and vary. And hey, last time you and I talked about Tyler Anderson, I know there's some concern from some fans about the swings and misses and the, and the strikeouts, but I always keep saying that when a guy is able to save your bullpen, when a guy is able to give you seven or mornings now ten times, that's throwback right there. That's throwback yeah. numbers. And uh, he knows and understands how to pitch. And today I noticed he dropped down on his fastball a little bit more, and not against lefties. He did it a few times against right-handed batters. It's just to give him a different look and make, obviously, well, the, the playing the ball in the path from dropping down that fastball against the right-handers running away, make it look like a sinker or fade-out fastball. But also remember, the cutter is a complimentary pitch for him. And obviously, when he needed to throw the changeup, he needed to. He, he did and put in good spots. But um, he really played off his fastball very well. How about Cody Bellinger now in back-to-back games with two hits? He comes up with, uh, with a big two-run double in the seventh inning to give the Dodgers a 3 nothing lead. Uh, are you starting to see Cody getting comfortable with something? Yes, I hope so. I mean, I mean, Dave, I know it's been a tough season, and you, you've broken it down since April about who he is today. It's good to see and encouraging to see him go out there and make adjustments and clear his head. But, you know, Cody Ballinger needs to understand and, and get it through his head. He doesn't need to be the Cody Ballinger of three years ago. That's not what's going to make this team better. But a more respectable hitter, better presence, and knowing that there's always that potential for him to break out. But I think if he, if he can just take the load off of his mind and, you know, off of his uh, expectations of who I am not, who I am today as to who I was, 
it's going to make his game better. He's still a premier center fielder. He's still a premier base runner, sprint speed. He's a difference maker in so many ways, but I just love, I love simplicity. I know I sound kind of boring, but simplicity really get, plays big when it comes down to somebody like that. It's so gifted athletically. And what we saw today, hopefully it'll carry into the rest of the season. You know, come October, and he gets his opportunities. He's been there before, and you just never know how a guy reacts to the big lights, and he's going to be from the big lights, and let's hope that uh, at least he has a solid foundation to go off of. Jose Moda is joining us. We're live in Phoenix. I'm at Chase Field where the Dodgers shut out the Diamondbacks tonight, 6 to nothing. where Tyler Anderson won his 15th game of the season, and he induced three double plays tonight. Mookie Betts was involved in all three, turning three double plays for Tyler Anderson as he got his fifth start at second base tonight. Um, Jose, I'm not sure people are valuing what Mookie is doing, coming in from right field to play second base. When you talk about MVP, when you talk about the best player in the league, that has got to raise his value even more than it already is. 100%. I mean, in this day of analytics, you know, where guys are winning MVPs because they're the best player in the league and not necessarily the most valuable player, well, all that needs to be taken into consideration. Dave, and and I disagree with Dave Roberts on this, okay? It's not an off day when you play second base, okay? (laughs) It's not. No, it's not like, oh, we're going to move him to second base. And I respect Dave Roberts, what he says, you know, but it's not – Dave – he's not just tracking down fly balls or throwing like in right field, right? He has to be so aware and alert on so many plays and circumstances and situations. And he does it like he plays there every single day. Now, you and I also know how, how well he prepares. He takes this so seriously. He takes his ground balls. He plays on the shift. He takes ground balls on the shift with Dino Evil and, and Clayton McCullough. And it's just no surprise. He's just a, a natural athlete that understands the game, reacts naturally. And then on the offensive side, you talk about a leadoff hitter that really is a cleanup hitter. That's why the bottom of this lineup continues to play big, and look what happens when they do. Get the walks, get the sacrifice, get the situational hitting, because when that turns around, it is truly a cleanup hitter coming up for you. Yeah, and Mookie Betts certainly has cleaned up a lot. And for me, Jose, I know there's a lot of love for Paul Goldschmidt out there, but Freddie Freeman and Mookie Betts need to be in that conversation more. If you break it down, you're absolutely right. Um, First of all, posting up and playing every day and just saying and understanding that you are the targets. You are before every series. There's going to be a meeting from the other team, and scouts are going to put in their their two words, and analytics are going to have, and they're going to say, these three guys right here, please – Let's not allow them to beat us consistently. They're going to beat you eventually. But, and it happens. And these guys don't panic. If it's not their time, they pass the baton. And it's just remarkable. And into consideration should be taken more than just the numbers and the analytics. Is your value to your baseball club, what you bring, what you represent, and what will your team be like without you? To me, that has way more value than anything else you can talk to me in OPS pluses and in all respect to that. But, man, there's way more to a most valuable player than just modern-day stats. No doubt. And we'll get into that more as the season winds down. The Dodgers down to a magic number of one. It could happen tomorrow night with Clayton Kershaw on the mound for the Dodgers. Jose, we'll see whether or not the Dodgers celebrate with the champagne tomorrow night. It will be wonderful. It'll be great. And uh, thanks again. Welcome back, Dave. 
All right, there he goes, Jose Moda, who has been Spanish, English, all everything for the Dodgers broadcast this season. 866-987-2570 is the phone number. Dodgers shut out the Diamondbacks 6 to nothing behind seven scoreless innings from Tyler Anderson, who is now 15-3 and on the season. He has now gone seven innings in three consecutive starts in his last 11 starts since the All-Star break, where he was part of the National League All-Star team. His ERA is at 190. Uh, let's go out to Redondo Beach. Steve, you're on Dodger Talk with David Vassay. Hi, Steve. Good. How you doing, Dave? I'm doing well. Um, I'm so glad that uh, that Mookie had a night at second base like this because the last couple of weeks I've really wanted to ask you about what you see in the postseason about his value and whether or not it just makes the Dodgers have stronger matchups for him to be at the infield and at second base as opposed to the outfield. Can he be more dynamic for the team? And is that going to be something that he gets that position, or will it be just based on matchups that they're playing with other teams in particular series? Yeah, I wouldn't rule it out, Steve. At this point in time, uh, it's to keep Mookie more interested i think to a certain extent because look the dodgers are have the best record in baseball we're in september they're one win away from clinching the nl west it's always good to keep a great player's interest uh, at a high level i'm not saying when he's playing right field he's not interested but he enjoys playing second base and it kind of changes up the monotony of the season especially in the dog days of august and early september um at first, I was I was wondering why would you take a Gold Glove right fielder out of that position to move him to a position like second base? But the more you see him, I mean, I wish you could have Mookie Betts in se- at second base and right field. But with the way hitters hit these days, Steve, uh, they put the ball in the air more than ever, and that's why it's very valuable to have the defensive outfield the Dodgers have with Cody Bellinger in center field and with Mookie Betts in right field. So I would say the value in this day and age of baseball would would be to have him in right field. But when you have a ground ball pitcher like Tyler Anderson, that's always a plus. Okay. And um, just to to weigh in on the jumping in the pool, it would be hysterical and really funny. But from what Dave Roberts said yesterday, that we're not going to celebrate, we're going to acknowledge but there's too much work to do to start celebrating no no he said that regarding the playoff berth he never said that about the division celebration they will celebrate like it's 1999 yeah i think there might be a few guards out there they got to get by but what can they do that's small time i think if the diamondbacks put out guards in front of that pool it just shows that they are small time (laughs) what's it's a swimming pool it's meant for people to go swimming. What's the big deal? Yeah, that's true. That's true. All right, Steve. Thanks for the phone call. Yeah, I mean, come on. I remember when the Dodgers clinched here after 2013. This would not be the first time the Dodgers clinched the NL West here in Arizona since 2013. There was one other year where they did that, a couple of years after they went swimming in the pool for their first NL West crown since 2009. But, yeah, they, they put – cops on horses out there they blocked the pool they were so concerned the dodgers were going to go back out there and go swimming 
This Dodger team has no connection to the 2013 Dodgers. The reason why those 2013 Dodgers went out there, there was a lot of bad blood between these two teams. The players are much different. The managers are much different. um, And the only player from that 2013 ball club that's still on the Dodgers is Clayton Kershaw. And yes, he was one of the Dodgers that went swimming that year, but it's a completely different team. And if you want to give the Dodgers some ideas about going swimming tomorrow night, then start to bring attention that you don't want them to do it. It's kind of like when you tell your kids don't do something, it makes them want to do it more. Like going down a slide in Milwaukee. <laughs> Let's go to Corona. Jason, you're on Dodger Talk with David Vasse. Hi, Jason. Hey, David. Good to talk to you again. Um, hey, look, you know, there's no question that this is probably one of the most talented Dodger teams in a long time. Uh, but I got, I got a concern. I don't mean to be a downer here. But you see we're about to win the division uh, coming up here pretty quick. My concern is it's such a weak division. I mean, the Colorado Rockies are, are awful. You know, the Giants are not good. The Diamondbacks, as we continue to see, are nothing more than a triple-A team. Playing in, playing up. So, uh, although the Padres have some talent, are you worried as we go into the playoffs when the Dodgers start to see teams with more substance, better pitching? Does it concern you a bit? Can we can we push past those teams like the Mets? Can that, do you are you confident in that? I am because they have beaten good teams. They haven't just beaten up on the bottom feeders of the NL West. And Jason, like I mentioned, the Dodgers are so good. They make good good teams like the Padres, who are a playoff team. They make them look bad because they're that good. But I will tell you my biggest concern about the Dodgers going into October. It's, as we stand right now, a very thin Dodger bullpen. If Blake Trinan isn't able to come back, if they're not able to get something from Tommy Canely, This is a very thin bullpen that is counting on a lot from Evan Phillips, a lot from Alex Vessia. You're going to have to count on Craig Kimbrell to get outs, and you're going to have to count on Caleb Ferguson, and you probably are going to have to lean on Andrew Heaney to get outs coming out of the bullpen as well. So for me, the way things stand right now, that's my biggest concern with all the injuries the Dodgers have sustained to their relievers. How are they going to navigate 27 outs? And we have seen, you know, we've seen in years past in the playoffs, we've seen the Dodgers bullpen let them down. They've been so thin, so overworked out there. So, yeah, I guess that is definitely a legitimate concern, and I hope they can get that right. Blake Trinan being there and being healthy would certainly be a big part of that. It's a game changer if he's able to come back, and he knows it. And he's trying. Trust me, he's been trying all season long to get that right shoulder strong enough and ready to be ready for October. And he told us yesterday in San Diego he is still not ruling it out and there is no structural damage to his right shoulder. He said it's just the muscles around that capsule that are getting used to Major League Baseball intensity. Let's take one final call before we say goodnight. Ish in Riverside. You're on Dodger Talk live from Arizona. Hi, Ish. Hey, Dave. How's it going, man? Thanks for taking my call. What do you got tonight, Ish? 
Yeah, so no, uh, definitely uh, really enjoyed seeing Mookie Betts over there at uh, you know at second base. It's always a, a treat, and I, I agree, it probably gets him out of the monotony. And uh, you know, you mentioned about uh, 2013, this run the Dodgers been on, and uh, kind of harkens back to uh, man another great second baseman, uh, Mark Ellis. But uh, yeah, you know, question I had. I wouldn't say quick, great. Was, he was you? really good. If you're gonna say Mookie Betts is great, you can't say Mark Ellis is great too. And I love good Mark. Point. He was Duly really noted. good. Duly noted. <laughs> well, uh, real, real quick question for you, following up on, uh, you know, uh, the pitching situation with the bullpen. I mean, the bats are heating up. Uh, do you feel like the pitching, the starting pitching, is heating up to the point where uh, the starting staff is going to be able to go like uh, deep in, deeper into games during the postseason season, kind of mitigating some of the, uh, the, how should I say, shortcomings of the bullpen at this point? It would be ideal if Tyler Anderson gets the opportunity to start playoff games. I mean, he's gone seven innings 11 times this year. It would be nice to see him do this in the postseason. He's not getting a lot of uh, strikeouts like he was earlier in the year. Hopefully that can pick up in October. But Julio Urias is very capable. Clayton Kershaw, very capable. So I think with those first two lefties, they can get you into the sixth inning, and then your bullpen has to figure out the last nine outs, and that's very doable when you shorten the game that way. Well, I definitely hear you, and I am looking forward to it, and I don't know. I, I feel like there might be um, not really a, a, a surprise, but uh, I think we're going to have like an ace in our pocket, uh, no pun intended. Uh, but, yeah, definitely looking forward to this run, Dave. Uh, thanks all again right, for all Ish. you do, man. We love you out here. Keep it going. Thanks, Ish. Appreciate it. Love Riverside, too. Home of Austin Barnes. So we'll see whether or not the Dodgers go swimming tomorrow night. The Dodgers have their ace, Clayton Kershaw, on the mound. He is the only remaining member of the 2013 Dodgers that started this run of 10 consecutive postseason appearances and also the first of what is going to become nine division championships in the last 10 years. Kershaw is 7-3 and three this year with an ERA of 262. We had a chance to catch up with Clayton on the pregame show yesterday. If you missed that, you can find it on the iHeartRadio app. Kershaw is going against Merrill Kelly, who has had a very nice season for the Diamondbacks. He's 12-5 and five with an ERA of 294. Morongo Casino, Dodgers on deck begins at 530 with first pitch at 640. Thanks to Jake Warner out here at Chase Field. Thanks to Colin Yee back at our Burbank studios. And thanks to you for listening. Like I mentioned, all your Dodger content, the Dodger Talk shows, the Dodger pregame show, the Dodger interviews, all on the iHeartRadio app. Download and subscribe to Dodger Talk on the iHeartRadio app. And you can follow me on social media, on Twitter at the Real underscore DV, and on Instagram at Officially Vassay. Once again, the final score from Arizona, the Dodgers shut out the Diamondbacks 6 to nothing, and the magic number is at 1. Have a great rest of your night. See ya. Cause the sound.